0: Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, we celebrate the true gift of Christmas, Jesus, the hope of the world. Wrapped in humble packaging, the Messiah in the mess, came a miracle that changed eternity forever. You and I have peace and purpose because of His sacrifice. As we reflect on this gift, we can't help but be moved by the generosity of the God we serve. Our only natural response is to give back to Him. Learn how you can be a part of sewing into the story that God is writing at vuchurch.com forward slash vision. Remember, if you're waiting for hope to appear, hope is here. Listen, as I share a thought, hope is here. Let's lean into the message together. I'm grateful that we get to share this day. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me actually to the passage we just read, Matthew chapter one, verse 22. I want to read one verse that you just heard spoken over you. I want to read it again and draw your attention and your heart to it. It says simply this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I wanna take the next few minutes as we gather for the last time on a Sunday in 2021 to talk to you on this thought, hope is here. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you for this day. This is your day. You woke us up, put air in our lungs. That in and of itself is a miracle, God, that is inconceivable. God, we thank you for the gift of this moment. I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, right here at SOME, right in the middle of the city. Ignite hearts with your message. Lord, at Everglades Correctional Institution, ignite hearts with the hope, that is found in you. We believe it's gonna be done because you're faithful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Oh, come on, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Have you ever bought an advent calendar? Wave your hands at me if you've ever bought an advent calendar. Um, advent is the period of time leading up to Christmas. And um, it can be, the calendars can be uh, daily scriptures, inspirational quotes. It can even be chocolate. Somebody said, amen. Uh, It can be toys. It can be all sorts of things. And every day you open one more as you lead up to Christmas. Um, I got an Advent calendar this year. I actually bought the annual one, the one that you can use over and over again, so it's actually just 25 days. And if you want to be frustrated out of your mind, buy a three-year-old an advent calendar. In fact, if you wanna feel defeated in life and completely disillusioned, buy a three-year-old an advent calendar. There is no waiting in the world of a three-year-old. There is no, we'll open it up tomorrow or the next day. All we have is today. Reality is today. And so it didn't go so well in my house trying to explain what the Advent calendar was. I think some of the pieces got destroyed in the fury of trying to open things up. But you know what? I I actually think that when it comes to my kids and trying to explain Advent, it was probably better not to get it in the first place because it ended up not even being a gift for them they ended up getting so upset that they couldn't open up every single one of them that it was actually worse than giving them anything at all that's a whole other sermon we won't go there today we're sticking with advent historically the church has celebrated advent And it is a period of time starting the fourth week before Christmas. And it's a time of waiting until the celebration of the day that symbolizes the birth of Jesus. And it's really meant to mirror this time of Easter because Easter historically in the church is this massive celebration and was huge. And so what did the church do? They said, okay, we're gonna take this time leading up to Easter to abstain, to fast, that's called Lent. So as Christmas approached, we wanna do the same thing. And this is called Advent. And Advent means coming that as we wait, we acknowledge the coming king and we celebrate his birth on earth, but not just his birth 2000 years ago, but we also celebrate that he's coming back again. Come on, if you anticipate the day that our Lord and our savior comes back again, why don't we just give him praise right now? We have something to look forward to. But advent means coming. And, and what are we waiting on as we go day two, day three, day four, day five? What are we waiting on? Are we waiting on the appearance of Santa Claus? No, my friends. We're waiting for the one true king. We're waiting for the one that was born of a virgin. We're waiting for the one who didn't appear clothed in royal clothes. But instead, this king was born in a manger, born in poverty, not even in a bed, but put in a stable full of animals, but you know what? It never diminished his position or his power. A miracle was born in the middle of the mess, and the holidays may be painful for you. There may be an inexpressible sorrow that is deep in your soul because of what you have lost. I have good news for you. In the middle of the mess, there's a miracle. In the middle of all the disarray, his presence is with you. Come on, is anybody thankful that Jesus showed up right where we are? Hope is here. Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. The wait is over. Jesus is here. Why don't you just inhale right now and exhale. If you're waiting for hope to appear, hope is here. If you're grieving in this holiday season, hope in the midst of your grief, it's here. If you feel confused and overwhelmed, hope is here. If you feel like the burden of your life is too heavy to carry, hope is here. If you feel like your relationships they're they're broken beyond repair you don't know how to pick up the pieces friend hope is here if you're struggling in your mental health today if there's confusion and pain, and if you can't find rest at night when you lay your head on your pillow, if your emotions seem to throw you from minute to minute, friend, hope is here. Emmanuel, God with us. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hope, real hope is here. Do you know him today? Because when you realize who he is, it will speak strength and hope to the deepest part of who you are. Who is this God with us? And what did he do on his, in his time on earth? What did he secure in his very nature that changes our standing right here and now in 2021? You know, as we look to the Old Testament, we see the offices of the leadership of the people of Israel. We see that there were three highest offices, the prophet, the priest, and king. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled all three of those roles not in a broken way, the way that men and women tried to as they faithfully stepped into the roles that God called them to in the word of God, but Jesus perfectly fulfilled all of these roles. Jesus, the prophet, Jesus, the priest, Jesus, the king. He would fulfill every role in the watching eyes of the world. And I hope today, as you and I take a close and careful look at who Jesus is today, that you would fall more in love with him, that your trust would deepen in him, and that if you don't know who he is today, that your eyes and your heart would be open, and that you would welcome him in. You know, when we look Throughout the Old Testament, we see prophets, and we see prophets in the New Testament. In the Word of God, we have major prophets, we have minor prophets, and the word prophet just means one who reveals the nature of God, one who speaks the word of the Lord. They prophesy. Now, some of you have been trying to prophesy over what you're receiving for Christmas this year. God, I see a new car. Lord, I see a great bonus. Lord, I see the wife that I have been praying for. But these men and these women that we read about in the Bible, they weren't just throwing out what they desired to say. No, God spoke through them. They were the mouthpiece of Almighty God, because God loved his people and wanted to lead and guide them. You know, you may have never considered Jesus to be a prophet. Maybe maybe you've never looked at him through that lens, but he was indeed a prophet. He was the one that all the prophets prophesied was to come. And he is the one that Moses specifically prophesied would come one day. Isaiah prophesied, we just read it. That's his prophecy. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. First prophesied of and then experienced. First spoken of and looked forward to and then actually Fully experienced. You see, the Old Testament prophets were prophesying forward, looking forward to the hope that was to come, the King that would rule and reign, the Messiah that would appear. And then the New Testament prophets, they look back at the life of Jesus and then are the mouthpiece of God to bring clarity to the nature of Jesus so that the early church could move forward with strength and power. They prophesied the word of the Lord. But how many of you know there's a big difference between saying, Thus saith the Lord, and saying, say because that was the difference when Jesus appeared it was no longer God says it was I say they prophesied that the light of the world would come but Jesus said I am the light of the world hundreds and hundreds of messianic prophecies fulfilled through one man at one point in history he is the prophet When Jesus appeared on the scene, it changed everything. The word of the Lord came to the prophets of the Old Testament, but friends, Jesus came to us. It's a big difference. So, what is the word that you're waiting on today? Because He is the word. And if you're waiting for a word of encouragement, friends, it's so much deeper than that. It's found in Jesus. If you're waiting to discover peace and you want someone else to speak peace over you, you don't have to wait because peace is a man and his name is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. Are you following what I'm saying? He is the word that you're looking for. Of of correction, of comfort, of wisdom, of insight and discernment. He is every word that will lead and guide and strengthen and fortify you for all the days of your life. He is Jesus and he is the prophecy and the prophet hope is here. Come on, if you're thankful today, why don't we give God praise in this house? He is the prophecy. And he is the prophet. Hope, it's not tomorrow. Because he was born 2,000 years ago. Hope is here for you to hold. He is the prophet. But he's also the priest. Priests offered sacrifices for the Jewish people. They represented the people As they approached God one time a year, going into the Holy of Holies, behind the veil, behind the curtain, a place that no one was allowed to enter, where God had chosen to allow his presence to reside, and they would offer an annual sacrifice, but they had to do it again and again, again and again, these sacrifices had to be made. See, Jesus is our high priest, and Hebrews is beautiful because the book of Hebrews is full. If you want to see this imagery of who Jesus is as your high priest, Hebrews so beautifully depicts it. I want to read to you some of the beautiful scriptures that we find in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 6, verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. And then it says this, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We know that as the high priest, Jesus offered the perfect sacrifice once and for all. See, this is why we can't achieve salvation because a high and costly price was already paid in your place. It's done. It is finished. And when Jesus sacrificed, he didn't sacrifice an animal's blood on the altar to try to atone for sins. No, it's so much deeper than that. He offered his own blood as a sacrifice. Now, will you take that in with me for a minute? That is the craziest most boss move that I've ever heard of in my life. He is the priest and he sacrifices his own blood. Let me paint the picture for you. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 26. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence, nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Come on, once and for all, it's done. And this this should change the way that you look at your life and your relationship with God, that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. We all have stories of how we've messed up and we've tried to pull the broken pieces of our life together, but we just ended up breaking ourselves even more. Friends, we could never heal humanity, but Jesus came. He came for you. He came for everyone throughout history, but he knows your name he adores you and as he gave his life he was thinking of you he's the high priest and he's the sacrifice hope is here he didn't just give the perfect sacrifice as the high priest no he also continually is bringing us before the very throne room of god that because of his sacrifice, he makes a way for us to come into the presence of God and he builds confidence in us to draw near to him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love this. Come on, that's good news. There's this beautiful relationship between walking into the presence of God because our high priest Jesus made a way for us with our head held high, not going, God, I came here to feel worse about myself. I didn't come here to be condemned. I didn't come here to be told that I'll never be good enough. God, because you paid the sacrifice, I can come in, what does Scripture say, with full assurance. You know another way of saying that with confidence, not in yourself, but in what he's already done. And I can know God, not only am I welcome here, but you love when I'm in your presence. And I love how it paints this beautiful relationship between walking into the presence of God with confidence and experiencing a relationship with God, and then going out and spurring another on in good deeds, that we take the life and the confidence that we receive only from God, and then we plant it in other people's hearts. And not only that, as we experience his love for ourselves, we don't get in the habit of not gathering as the body of Christ, because his love is too good. It's a revelation that we've experienced, not just been told to do. So we don't neglect it, we show up ready to be the bride of Christ. Oh, come on. Does that fire anybody else up? I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And it starts when I realize who Jesus is. He is my high priest. Let me draw near to God. He pays the sacrifice with his own blood. He draws us close, welcoming us into the throne room of God. But friends, that's not all he does as the high priest. As the high priest, he is constantly praying for us. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 25 says, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. <laughs> When we talk about gifts in my life, one of the greatest gifts is when someone sincerely tells me that they've been praying for me. I woke up this morning to one of my dearest friends. She doesn't live in this city, but Dawn I'm praying for you at this very moment. She didn't know I was sharing today. She just decided to pray for me. Whenever anybody says that to me, my response is always, I can feel those prayers because I know that any strength I feel, any revelation that I ever receive, when I feel like I'm in the deep end of life, in over my head, but there's this flow of grace where I'm able to hold on for another day. I know it's because of the grace of God and the prayers of those around me. But when people ask me, what can I pray for you for, It's just such a beautiful thing to ask, I can tell them a few things. But how many of you know I can't tell them everything? There's some conversations that are between me, me and Jesus. And even if I wanted to tell them everything, <laughs> how big of a cup of coffee do you have? It touches me so deeply to know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for me. Constantly, that not only did he pay the price 2,000 years ago, but right now, he is talking to the Father, saying, Jesus, give Don Cherie some strength. You know what's going on. And you know what? I've been in her shoes, Father, because he faced everything we faced. I know how it feels, and she needs you right now. Lord, speak peace and comfort to your heart. God, mend your marriage. What are all the things that Jesus is praying for you? Because I wanna encourage you today. The gift that we have through Jesus as our high priest is that he is continually, fervently interceding for you right here, right now. And he knows every word before it's on your lips. He knows the needs that you don't even really know how to verbalize or speak. And you know what's even more beautiful? He knows the seeds of life and beauty that he sowed deep in your DNA before your life ever began. And here he is praying for you right now. Not only is Jesus praying for you, but we know that the Spirit intercedes. Romans chapter eight, verse 26 tells us, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. The Holy Spirit resides within you, and he's praying for you. If you had a question in your mind if God was for you or if he was intimately involved in your life let me tell you hope is here you are loved you are seen you are known and even deeper than the very prayers that you pray God himself is praying for you today oh come on can we give God praise in this house it's such good news he's the high priest And he's the sacrifice. He's the prophet. He's the priest, much more than a tiny baby. Friends, he is also our king. King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the king that reigns forever. Chief in authority, sovereign, in full authority, of an independent state is what king means. And Jesus is king of all. But how many of you know that his kingdom, it won't diminish or fade, it won't be overtaken by the latest and greatest nation? Even the greatest kings and kingdoms throughout history, over time, the stories are lost and forgotten, misinterpreted, Because why? They rose and they fell. But he is king of an eternal kingdom. He is the prophecy and the prophet. He is the high priest and he is the sacrifice. And he is king of an eternal kingdom. When he's asked, as he is being tried, Jesus says in John chapter 18, verse 36 to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest and my Jew, by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. See, after his resurrection, Jesus is given even greater authority. that his kingdom and being a part of his kingdom is a decision that only you can make, right? Because I can recognize a foreign king. I can recognize a leader of a nation. I can even intellectually fully agree with their place of authority and their control, but I can choose not to be a part of their kingdom. So you can believe in who Jesus said he was. You can intellectually approach history that tells us how he walked and all the witnesses that saw him after his resurrection, which was miraculous. You can intellectually absorb all of that and even agree with it, and still he's not the king of your heart. And salvation comes when you take a step of trust full submission to his authority as king, saying, God, not only do I believe in you, but you are the leader, the full authority of my life. Only then will you realize deeply that hope is here because there is no hope for you until you surrender your life to Jesus. But friends, good news, that hope doesn't come from your achievements or from you measuring up or going through a one-year Bible study or checking all the boxes. No, friends appears and a new creation is born within you when you decide not to say Jesus I believe that you're real but when you decide to say Jesus you are my Lord and you are my Savior forgive me wash me clean I want to be full of your spirit. I want to know that you're interceding for me, leading me, guiding me. I want to know that your spirit resides in me, comforting me, counseling me, reminding me of every word that you said while you were here on earth. Only then, friends, is he the king of your life. It's a decision that he leaves with you beautiful thing about following Jesus is that the more I know him, the more I love him. Have you ever been around somebody that you really looked up to and you got in their presence and they weren't who you thought they were? The way they spoke, the way they treated you, their focus. And in a way, it let you down because from afar, you thought they were one thing. Maybe you looked up to them, maybe you aspired to be like them, but the more you got to know them, the more you realized they weren't who you thought they were. That will never happen as you get to know Jesus. He just gets better and better and better. The more you lean on him, the more you'll know you can trust him. The more you surrender to him, the more you'll want to surrender more because there is no greater investment. That's why I get excited about our opportunity as bricklayers to sow generously into what God is doing, because that is the most trustworthy investment of my life. There are no surer hands to place the things that God has given to me than to place them back in the hands that first gave them. Friends, his character doesn't diminish, he's unchanging. The Psalmist said it best, his love is steadfast. He doesn't abandon us, he doesn't leave us. And you may be in a season where everything in your life is shaking. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you feel underwater. I don't know what you're going through, but I know Jesus does. And I know this, that everyone else may disappoint you and everything else may fade and fall apart, but Jesus remains the same. Come on, can we give him praise in this house? Jesus remains the same. He is King of kings. And I I wanna submit my entire life to Him. Now, from the beginning of time, we see these three offices throughout creation. When Adam and Eve were created, they fulfilled these three. Prophet, priest, king. Prophet, they had knowledge of God. They were able to speak His truth. Priests, they, they walked in the presence of God. In the cool of the day, God would walk with them. King, they were given dominion. God gave them dominion. And then after the fall, Humanity was separated from God. And then throughout the Old Testament, we see the Israelites, these three offices as broken men and women faithfully choose to step in to these offices and fulfill it the best that they could. And then Jesus appears and He perfectly fulfills them once and for all. He is the prophet, He is the priest, He is the King. But now as the bride of Christ and as the church, friends, you and I get to step into who God has called us to be, to declare and prophesy the hope that we have found in Jesus. He has called us to prophetically declare his goodness and his kindness and the coming King that will come. You know that we are called a holy priesthood that you and I step in this place. And then also he seated us in high and heavenly places that we too will be able to rule and reign with Jesus one day. Friends, hope is here But how many of you know there's even more hope to behold because one day the skies will split open and we have a picture of our coming King and he's no longer a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This year in 2021, I've been studying the book of Revelation, just studying it slowly throughout the entire year, digging deep into it. I don't know what your experience with the book of Revelation is. Maybe it scares you to even crack open those chapters or freaks you out. But friends, there's nothing scary about the book of Revelation. It's a book of hope. It's a book that beautifully puts imagery to all the rest of the scriptures. That instead of the written word, it gives us prophetic imagery of who Jesus is and who we are and the coming King that we love and look forward to His arrival. And I love Revelations chapter 19 because this is what it says about Jesus. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. He doesn't change. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Friends, he doesn't win just because of what he does. He wins because of who he is. And that will never change. Nations will rise and fall. He is king of all. We see this picture of a glorious king with many crowns, diadems, what are they? What do they represent? They represent victories, the victory of your life, the victory of my life. There are too many victories that our King Jesus has won. You can't even count them. Crown him with many crowns. He is the victor. He is the winner. His eyes blazing like fire, full of purity and truth. Looking at you, but looking Beyond you, able now not to be limited by one human body, but he is omnipresent, omnipotent. He knows all, he sees all, he is king of all. His robe dipped in blood. You may wonder what that means, or whose blood it is, friends. It's his own blood, it's the blood that he sacrificed, and it said that he was in the wine press, pressing the wrath of God's fury, that his robe was literally in the wine press of his own body being beaten and bruised and sacrificed for us and when he shows up again that blood is what he did because he loves you and he's not dressed in armor he's dressed in white linen because he's not going to battle he's already won the battle and he's in linen because linen is what the priest wears. Linen is what the bride wears. And now it's time to celebrate because the battle's been won. The victory is here, not tomorrow, but hope is here today. Come on, if you believe it today, can you just lift your hands up? Let's give Him praise in this house. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to vuchurch.com forward slash online. We love you and remember the best is yet to come.